0: Hello and welcome to a reading of the Tim Burton Encyclopedia by Samuel J. Umland. Forward. Tim Burton is first and foremost an artist and a filmmaker. That's the young man I met in 1986, but he is now also an icon and an industry. No one has navigated the world of art and commerce and maintained his integrity and singular vision to the extent that Tim Burton has. He has touched hundreds of millions of people on our planet, and probably beyond, with his movies. A lot of movies, in fact. Some of them have redefined movies as we know them, but all of them reflect his deep respect for deep respect for, and love of the art and craft of filmmaking, thus the Tim Burton Encyclopedia. I feel lucky to be asked to write this forward, but the real luck was to collaborate with Tim on three of his movies— Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, and Batman Returns. At the risk of geezering out, I must say those were the days. Too often in modern movies, you can recognize the fingerprints of a committee or a marketing concept in the DNA of a film. This was never the case in a Tim Burton film. Granted, on Beetlejuice, a modestly budgeted movie, we flew delightfully under the radar, even though Tim's previous movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, was a bona fide hit. But what made Beetlejuice so special was how personal and handmade it felt. An audience can feel that this film was made for them. And I think that is the case in all of Tim's films. He connects with audiences by combining a unique audio-visual language, language with intimate characters designed entirely by him and like him that represent a charismatic a charismatic blend of light and dark, wit and pathos, strength and vulnerability. As fantastic and whimsical as Tim Burton's movies feel, the characters are always grounded in real emotions shared by real people, especially those of heightened sensitivity. This is why designing a Tim Burton movie is the greatest opportunity a designer could hope for. Strong character design, complete with his or her own visual language, and a clear invitation to express the emotions within that character's world, equals design heaven, that is, once you've wrapped your head around Tim's worldview. And the best way to do that is to look at his drawings of the characters that inhabit his films. They are always there at the beginning of each film to greet you as they hang from his office wall or lay across his desk, the ink sometimes barely dry. There's the script the talk, the process, but those masterful character drawings are always the heart and soul of the movie and give every cast and crew member the direction and confidence to go out there. They set the tone and tone is the hardest intangible, hardest intangible to describe in filmmaking. His pictures describe things that cannot be described with words. Moreover, at first glance, you instantly feel the incredible joy and adventure of a Tim Burton movie. His drawings of Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Catwoman, The Penguin, and Batman are etched in my fond memories forever. I think this initial step in his process, born out of his passion for drawing and animation, distinguishes Tim from other directors. In the end, filmmaking is a visual medium, and though there are numerous talented visual directors, none is Tim Burton. Okay, so I'm a fan, clearly, of both the product and the process of Tim Burton, and I suspect that if you're reading this book, you probably are too. I also imagine that you'll find, as I have, that great filmmakers cannot help but infuse their work with their own personality, eccentricities, and passions, and that ultimately we really like Tim's movies because we really like Tim and his beautiful but complex view of our beautiful and complex world. We love his sense of humor, his sense of the absurd, and his respect for the audience. I know I do, and I hope he makes enough movies for the Tim Burton Encyclopedia Volume 2. Bo Welch, award-winning production designer and director. Introduction. The vast popularity of Tim Burton, 1958 ongoing, is revealed by his future films having earned collectively over $1.7 billion worldwide. That amount could easily double if one factors in the sales of merchandise issued in conjunction with his movies. His films have been honored with awards by virtue of their strong character designs and powerful visual designs and elements, and his work as a painter, photographer, and filmmaker has been celebrated by major museum retrospectives in the United States, Australia, and France. Considered a very Europeanized Hollywood film director, with his intensively designed and sepulchral. atmospheric gothic-type pictures, he was named jury president for the 63rd Keynes Film Festival 2010, and at the 56th BFI London Film Festival 2012, he was honored with the BFI Fellowship, the highest award bestowed by the British Film Institute that goes to individuals in recognition of their outstanding contribution to film or television culture. He has created a line of toys, and is a children's book author, and upon occasion he has appeared as a supporting actor in various films. And yet, despite his fame, much of what is considered common knowledge about Tim Burton is wrong. First is the issue of his name. Tim Burton's middle name is Walter, not William, although the latter is widely published on the internet and appears in some scholarly works on Burton as well. Oh, I keep forgetting that. He is not an only child, although his younger brother, Daniel, is seldom mentioned. In his unauthorized biography of Tim Burton, Ken Ken Hank observes, if an interviewer asks a question about his brother, Daniel, the result is a blanket refusal by Burton to speak on the topic. Hank goes on to state, the director invariably... comes across as an only child and accurately notes that the characters in Burton's films tend to be only children or so at odds with their siblings that they might as well be. Burton did not begin his career as an animator with the Walt Disney Company. His first animation job was during a summer in high school as an in-betweener on Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, 1978. The claim that Walt Disney held the film rights to J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy for a period of 10 years, beginning sometime in the late 1950s, is false. Although Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 1985, was generally well-received by critics and did well at the box office, it did not make Burton instantly famous. Almost three years would pass before his next feature film, Beetlejuice, 1988, was released, and while it, too, was a financial success, prompting an animated television series spin-off and a later stage show, still popular at both Universal Studios Florida and Universal Studios Japan, It was the huge success of Batman 1989 that elevated Burton to a name above the title filmmaker. Okay, correction, because this book seriously needs updating already. Um, Universal Studios Florida Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review is defunct and has been for, I think, two years now. It has been paved over and built, um, they've built a new ride on top of it, um, Well, not really paved over, but I mean, it's been taken down and replaced with a Fast and the Furious ride, which I don't care to ride because Beetlejuice matters more to me. But anyway... Despite the widespread perception of him as an inarticulate, alienated, suburban youth who grew up in a benignly dysfunctional family, and as a filmmaker known for his gothic and grotesque as well as dark, magical, and slightly twisted cinematic fantasies, Burton's point of view, by his own account, has always been humorous and high-spirited. While he clearly seeks to protect his privacy, he is highly articulate and makes numerous public appearances in support of his work. Very often, his films represent the intersection of horror, fantasy, and the folktale genres often employed in works for children. While it is important to remember that Tim Burton was for several years a student of Disney and has never broken his relationship with the company, Burton's sense of the macabre places him closer aesthetically to author and illustrator Edward Gorey, 1925-2000. Oh, I didn't know he'd already passed. That's upsetting, because it would have been awesome to get his autograph on my Edward Gorey book. But anyway, whose books, as Colin O'Dell and Michelle LeBlanc point out, portray misunderstood individuals inside a world of Edwardian angst. Still, the Disney imprimatur is discernible in all of Burton's films, and it is worth noting that the biggest worldwide box office success of his directorial career, Alice in Wonderland 2010, was produced at Disney. His early award-winning short, Vincent, 1982, was made at Disney, as were his first directorial efforts. Having never read Washington Irving's original tale, Burton knew of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the literary source for his film Sleepy Hollow, 1999, through the Ichabod Crane segment in Disney's The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, 1949. Although the Martians and Mars Attacks, 1996, may share a family resemblance to malevolent similarities, simulacra such as Chucky, the good guy's doll inhabited by the soul of a serial killer in Child's Play, 1988, and subsequent sequels, Burton's impish Martians seem equally inspired by the mischievous skeletons of Disney's first silly symphony, the Skeleton Dance, 1929. One can even find the inspiration for the Martians' bizarre portmanteau laboratory creations in the fanciful creatures of the Disney silly symphony Hell's Bells, 1929. As a result of the films he made for Disney, Burton was able to direct his first feature film, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 1985, a project that had been in development at Warner Bros. Burton remained at Warner Brothers for the next few years in order to make Batman, 1989, a film in which his involvement dates to 1985. It was the financial success of Beetlejuice 1988 that made it possible for him to direct Batman. Still, it is useful to remember that only slightly over five years separate, the live action Frankenweenie completed in 1984, and the development deal that led to Disney's subsidiary, Touchstone, producing The Nightmare Before Christmas, eventually released in 1993. Some of the projects, ideas, and sketches that Burton made while at Disney were later developed, including The Nightmare Before Christmas, and the initial sketches, drawings, and watercolors that eventually were used in The Melancholy Death of Oyster Boy and Other Stories 1997 were made during this same period. The entries in the encyclopedia discuss the full range of Burton's creative work, including films produced for the cinema as well as television, including commercials as well as photographs, drawings, paintings, artistic inspirations, and frequent collaborators. Tim Burton's life and film career have been the subject of several books, most notably by Ken Hank, Mark Salisbury, Kristen Frege, Jenny He, and Ron Magliozzi, and Alison McMahon. The 2009 publication of The Art of Tim Burton represented a major contribution to our understanding of Burton's work. The Tim Burton Encyclopedia is the first book to explore the wide range of his creative endeavors, but it does not contain an exhaustive list of collectibles, memorabilia, and other forms of merchandise issued in connection with his films. Which it should, because I need to know everything about merchandise for the Beetlejuice cartoon, but oh well. AI-13, the number of the now legendary home room for the program in character animation at the California Institute of the Arts, (Cal Arts) in Valencia, California, where so many highly successful artists, storytellers, and directors, among them Tim Burton, attended classes beginning in the late 1970s in preparation for careers at Disney. CalArts was the brainchild of Walt Disney, who, before his death in 1966, sought to establish a school whose purpose was to train young animators through classes taught by Disney artists, animators, layout people, taught the Disney way, according to Tim Burton. Two of the co-founders of the character animation program were former Disney animators Jack Hanna, 1913-1994, who taught animation at CalArts, and T. Hee, 1911-1988, who taught caricature, both remembered by their students as great teachers. Other former Disney animators who taught at CalArts were Elmer Plummer, 1910 to 1986, who taught life drawing, and Ken O'Connor, 1908 to 1999, who taught layout. The legendarily difficult and demanding Bill Moore, circa 1909 to 1983, formerly of the Chouinard Art Institute and a non-Disney faculty member, taught color and design. The first class of the program in character animation was admitted in 1975 and included Jerry Reese and John Lasseter. Tim Burton entered the character animation program at CalArts in its second year in 1976, soon after graduating from high school. In addition to Tim Burton, alumni of the CalArts character animation program include Brad Bird, John Musker, Henry Selick, Michael G.M. Giaimo, Gary Truesdale, Doug Leffler, Chris Buck, Rob Minkoff, Brenda Chapman, and Nancy Beaman. The homeroom was drab white and windowless, and its number later appeared as an inside joke in several animated films made by CalArts alumni. The Brave Little Toaster, the master's apartment number, Toy Story license plate number on Andy's mother's car, Toy Story 2 Lasset Air Flight Number, A Bug's Life prefix of a model number stamped on a cardboard box, Ratatouille gets e- g- g- G's ear tag. I think G. Cars head coat on Trev Diesel, the freight train, Finding Nemo model number on the scuba diver's camera. It also appears in the form of Roman numerals in Brave. Tim Burton attended CalArts from 1976 to 1979, the first two years on scholarship. He has stated that in his third year, his scholarship was revoked for reasons he does not disclose. In 1979, his animated short, produced while at CalArts, Stock of the Celery Monster, was considered of sufficient quality by Disney representatives to warrant his hire at Disney, where he worked until 1984. I'm sorry, I realized after the fact that I misread that last entry. Um, The proper reading of it is A113, not AI-13, it's A113. Victor Abdulov, circa 1950 and onward. Russian-born photographer who served as the cinematographer on Tim Burton's first two films, Vincent and Hansel and Gretel. Born Victor Abdalov in, Turkmen- in Turkmenistan, Abdalov immigrated to the United States in early 1976, some months after his marriage to former International Research and Exchanges Board (IREX) student Catherine Kosman in July 1975. Many sources incorrectly list former human rights activist Catherine A. Fitzpatrick as Abdullah's wife. However, her ex-husband is the former political prisoner Alexander. Sch- Alexander Shatrovka. Prior to immigrating, to immigrating, Abdulov was arrested along with Soviet dissident and Gulag survivor Alexander Ogoro, Ogorodnikov ignore, ignore, <laughs> I can't. Ogorodnikov, in July nineteen seventy-three, while shooting a film about young Russian Christians titled "Jesus People." Although his camera was seized by the authorities, Abdolov managed to hide the exposed film, which eventually reached the United States by way of the U.S. Embassy. Abdullav and Ogorodnikov were subsequently inter- interrogated by the KGB, and, Ogorod- and Ogorodnikov and very likely Abdolov, although this is uncertain, was dismissed from the VGIK, the famed Russian film school. Three years after his immigration to the United States, Abdullab was hired as cameraman on the straight-to-video feature I Go Pogo, 1980. In 1989, Walt Disney Home Video reissued the film on VHS as Pogo for president. Abdullab met Stephen Chiodo during the making of I Go Pogo, which led to Abdullah being hired as the director of photography on Vincent. Abdulov also served as DP on Burton's next project, Hansel and Gretel. In 1989, an exhibition featuring over 100 of his photographs of life in Russia opened in Washington, D.C.,